Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. Anyone can have a bad game in New England against the Patriots. 
Absolutely, and football is one of those sports where it's the most reactionary, and you'll get uh, ownership percentage solely based on last week's performance. For the Patriots, um, speaking of uh, curses, first Tom Brady suspended, then Jimmy Garoppolo hurts his shoulder, and Jacoby Brissett comes in, also plays well and gets hurt. Um, They're saying Jimmy G might be back this week. Um, If he does come back, Nick, do you think he'll perform like he did in that Miami game before the injury? Yeah, most likely. Uh, Bill's defense is a little tough, but I still think he should uh, strive at home here. I I, I think so, too. Hopefully he can at least get in and hand the ball off to LeGarrett Blunt 25 or 30 times. Um, As for the Texans, they got some really bad news. The best defensive player, I think no one argues that, the best defensive player in the NFL, J.J. Watt, looks like he might be done for the year with a recurrence of his back injury. How bad does this affect the Texans' defense? Um, And do you think that most people will be aware of that fact enough uh, when it comes to daily fantasy this Sunday? No, I definitely don't think many people will. Um, the usual guys who play week in, week out, well, but your casual fan won't. Um, it's going to hurt them a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's a very uh, winnable division. Uh, so I think the Texans uh, should still, them and the Colts are the top two teams, and I really don't see anyone else fighting there with the Titans and the Jags. On to the next game. Yeah, absolutely. So it was the Bills. They uh, beat the Cardinals in this one. A little shocker, if you ask me. Um, Cardinals fell apart. Todd, is that something to worry about long term? I don't think so. I think that, you know, they lost a tough game at home. Um, Some of the smarter people in DFS were talking about staying away from Arizona Um, West Coast teams coming to the East Coast, playing in an early game, historically have not played that well. The Bills were really fired up because everyone knew that Buddy Ryan's job could be at jeopardy if they didn't show up. So, no, I I, I mean, it's never good to be one and two in the NFL, uh, but there's enough talent level there that I wouldn't go uh, crazy based on that one performance. Yeah, absolutely, and it's still early in the season for the Cardinals, so I I think they definitely have time to turn it around. Right now, for fantasy, though, um, can you afford to roster the Cardinals' wide receivers, considering how uh, much the uh, offense is spread out right now? Well, it's tough. I mean, obviously, if you've got Larry Fitzgerald in a season-long league, you're starting him like I am uh, every week in the Football Guys Championship. Um, But for DFS, I I do think it's difficult. Um, You know, Floyd is in the concussion protocol, so I think uh, John Brown could be a sneaky play this week. But I think you more have to pick your spots, and I think that if you're going to do it, you're going to have to um, make a few different lineups and a few combinations because – and that can be challenging. That can be a tiebreaker for me if I'm on two quarterbacks um, and one has three options, and another has one really good option, uh, I'll tend to you know, invest my money in the quarterback where it's easier to stack. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with you there. On um, to the Bills now. They were really led by uh, LaShawn McCoy. 
Uh, he had a huge game. Why do you think he went under the radar this past week? Well, because of the Cardinals' defense. They've got a very solid defense. And at one point I had 15 to 20% of McCoy just simply based on how much volume he gets. He really is one of the, the guys that I think you want to look at every week in daily fantasy. And I ended up with 8% of McCoy. So I wasn't too happy with myself that um, I took him out of those lineups. But I, I overdid the whole Cardinals thing. And, you know, again, a guy like McCoy with a lot of talent who also is getting a lot of volume, I think you have to seriously consider him each week, especially considering, like you mentioned, that his ownership percentages don't seem to match his opportunity and his talent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's in another spot in this uh, upcoming matchup with the Patriots just because that defense is so good. Uh, but let's talk about the wide receiver position, uh, in particular Sammy Watkins with the Bills. Do you think they can keep on winning, grab their first win last week uh, without Sammy Watkins? Well, it's going to be more challenging. The key is going to be that defense needs to play like it did against the Cardinals and not how it did one of the each of the first two weeks. So I'd say, Nick, as we wrap up this game, that it is something to keep an eye on. As we do move, uh, last thing on this is the Bills get the Patriots, which is a very tough matchup. The one thing they've got going for them this week is the fact that the Patriots are going to be pretty limited in what they're going to be able to do with two injured quarterbacks. The Cardinals will play the Rams. The next game we're going to review is the Raiders 17 and the Titans 10. The Raiders get a nice home win. They're going to be going to play the Ravens next week, who've been pretty surprising early on being undefeated. Well, the Titans um, have to go to Houston, which can be a tough matchup. We saw some big totals given up by this Raiders defense, Nick, in the first two games, despite everyone saying how good people projected them coming into the season, they held the Titans to just 10 points. So my question is, which is the real Raiders defense, the one we saw the first two weeks or the one we saw against Marcus Mariota? I know this is kind of a cop-out answer, but I think somewhere in between. um, I don't think it's really realistic for the uh, Raiders week in and week out to hold teams to 10 points. I think maybe they might have a good shot against the Ravens this week uh, just by uh, the sheer fact that Flacco really hasn't performed too well. So I I still think they give up a a couple touchdowns, but I don't know. Um, I don't think they're going to keep getting railroaded like they did the first two weeks. So I kind of am on the side of the Raiders' uh, defense trending upwards. Yep. Um, Latavius Murray's been one of the more disappointing running backs in fantasy. Um, It looks like a full-blown committee in Oakland, does it not? Yeah, it's unfortunate. He he did get a boost with the uh, touchdown, but right now it's uh, not something you can rely on. As for the Titans, a lot of high hopes coming into the season, a lot of hype uh, surrounding Tajay Sharp, and, of course, everyone expecting Marcus Mariota to take that step into year two. He really hasn't performed that well this year so far, has he? No, absolutely not, and uh, it's sad because he he looked really good at times last year, and through the first three games, he's uh, 
he really hasn't done much. Um, two interceptions last time out, like uh, against the Raiders, and it's just it, it hasn't been there. So it's very uh, depressing. Um, I think the only bright spot that we can look at Tennessee's uh, game would be DeMarco Murray. If he's getting those opportunities like he did uh, next this upcoming week, I definitely think he has to be in the conversation uh, for DFS and basically uh, regular season-long fantasy. Yeah, uh, I don't to- think he. I I don't think that he is getting the um, respect because of Derrick Henry being there, and Henry is getting some carries, but Murray is getting receptions. He's getting tons of red zone looks. He obviously is a guy like McCoy who's going a little bit under the radar. But do you think this is going to be another one of those years where the Titans are fighting for the top pick? Or do you think they can salvage any fantasy value going forward? Yeah, it's all going to depend on that uh, running game, to be honest with you. Um, If Henry doesn't get carries, he got 10 last week, and DeMarco Murray only got 16, but he rushed for 114 yards. So uh, at this point, I don't know why they don't just keep going with Murray. Maybe they're concerned about his workload. But besides that, uh, there's really not much to like. I know Sharp was kind of the darling coming into this year, but he hasn't really – proved himself so far, even though he is getting uh, the most um, most targets uh, from Mariota. It's just Mariota's just been so bad. So I've had enough talking about the Titans. Let's move on to the next game, Todd. Uh, we have the Dolphins getting their first win going up against the Woeful Browns, who are now 0-3. Um, basically, Pryor had an amazing game. Um, he thought that uh, with the rookie QB, all the Browns receivers were a no-go, but obviously Pryor had that big game. So how do we uh, figure things out going forward? Well, I think it's a <clears throat> an interesting situation, especially on DraftKings where Pryor's salary really didn't rise that much. But think of it this way. He got a ton of targets in week one and two and was very inefficient with them. Um, week three, he was very efficient, but against a very poor um, secondary of, you know, the cornerbacks the Dolphins have aren't that good. Personally, for me, I think the guy that I'm really looking at for DFS this week is Crowell. Um, to me, the game against the Redskins, they are the worst, basically the worst uh, team against the run so far this year. Uh, Hugh Jackson showed that he wants to use Crowell in games one and two. Uh, The game script got away from them in game three, but I think that ownership on Pryor is going to be pretty high considering his inefficiencies. And I'm uh, I'm looking at Crowell uh, still at a very good salary as being one of the best under-the-radar running back options for Daily Fantasy this week. No, absolutely. I agree with you there. A um, few things with Pryor. Josh Gordon is uh, right around the uh, corner, not this week, but the week after. Do you think he's going to see basically most of the uh, targets, or is it going to still be Pryor after uh, this week? I think they're going to try and feed the ball to both, and I think both being there makes it more likely that one of them has a big week any given week with a couple long passes. But Cody Kessler is a rookie quarterback and not that highly of a regarded one. I think it's going to be tough once Josh Gordon gets back to kind of predict 
which one is going to have a big game on any given week, which makes both of them much more intriguing to me in daily fantasy because I think the ownership will be lower. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now going back in an NFL conversation way, why do you think this game was so close between the Dolphins and the Browns? Well, I, I just don't think the Dolphins are that good. And, you know, they were 0-2, the Browns were 0-2, and, you know, I do think that the Dolphin offense is going to continue to improve. I I have, there's this one league called the 32-teamer, and each of us drafted seven players, um, and it's a bunch of industry experts. I'm currently in second place out of the 32 teams, and you picked one uh, quarterback, um, but you, you picked the whole team. And I, I, in the fourth round, I took the Miami offense, and that's, you know, and I think every week Ryan Tannehill is an option to have a pretty big week. Absolutely. Talking about Miami here, uh, the, Drake got the start at running back, but it was really a uh, running back by committee. I know a lot of people are on Jay. What are your thoughts uh, about this running back situation for the Dolphins? Well, they they can't seem, you know, we hear a lot about funnel defenses. You know, they stop the run and they funnel, you know, and it's all about the pass game. I think um, the Dolphins are a funnel offense. Um, I think when Arian Foster was there, they couldn't run. When Jay Ajayi was there, they couldn't run. And the fact that they're mixing in three uh, running backs, the whole situation is one that you need to avoid for all forms of fantasy unless until further notice. So moving yeah, on to the next absolutely. game. So moving on to the next game, uh, we've got the Ravens winning over the Jaguars 19-17. to I don't think too many people expected the Jaguars to be 0-3. Um, I know I thought they'd be a much improved team, but we thought that last year, and now we're thinking that this year. With the win, though, the Ravens sit up top the AFC North. Do you see them staying there, or Pittsburgh the, or Cincinnati the teams that ultimately win that division? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for the Ravens. I know they got a pretty big lead right now um, for only being three games in. I, I just, Flacco really just hasn't done much this year. And you look at that running game, that's all a mess as well. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how long the Ravens can really uh, do this undefeated streak. Um, I think the Raiders is going to be a little bit tough matchup going to the West Coast. So uh, we'll kind of have to see for that. Uh, at the end of the day, I, I still think Pittsburgh is that team. They have all the weapons. Um, and I know Cincinnati haven't started off too strong, but there's still a sneaky team that could get right back into this. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Bengals, once they get Tyler Eifert back, become a little more balanced between the pass and the run. And um, I do think they miss Hugh Jackson. I think, you know, right now if I had to rate it, I would say that the Steelers are most likely to win the division. But uh, the Ravens and the Bengals certainly seem to have the opportunity to win the division as well. Um, Is Flacco, do you think, an afterthought at the QB position uh, for fantasy he threw the ball 40 times, but didn't have any touchdowns and two interceptions. 
Um, he's coming back off that injury. What are your thoughts on Joe Flacco going forward? Uh, I think it's going to be a case-by-case basis. The first three weeks, he hasn't really done too much. He's been throwing the ball a ton, and it just really hasn't produced into being a quality uh, quarterback right now. Uh, again, that Raiders defense, I'm still on the fence on him. I really – I think they're okay to attack them in GPPs, but I'm not sure. I, I think they could come out here and kind of kind of hold them um, in check in this game. So I think I'm going to pass uh, for this week and for the majority of the, uh, the uh, rest of the games this year. But I think if he gets the matchup against a, a weak defense, I think he's kind of okay and, and he, you get low ownership on him. Well, he's home this week against a team that's had some bad – troubles i had a lot of flacco in dfs last week it didn't work out Um, i imagine that i'll have some this week he's in my narrow list of people that i am considering for daily fantasy um although you know i love the fact he's throwing the ball 40 times a game but one thing out there in uh anyone who's listening um quarterback's the one position where efficiency matters And so you want quarterbacks who are efficient, and right now he hasn't been. But for the Jaguars, it's been a it's been kind of a land of misery. Um, But two TDs for a Rob. Do you think he's back? Yeah, I do. Um, I know we talked about last week a little tough with all the wide receivers on that team, and and even the uh, running backs who were sawing some time uh, saw a lot of targets. But Robinson led the way. He had 11 targets, caught seven of those. And I just think Bortles feels really comfortable with him right now. So I think he's going to be looking uh, towards him on a lot of plays uh, against the Colts in this upcoming week. I personally think that uh, Bortles could have a decent game. That Colts defense really isn't that good. So look for Allen Robinson to get to get a lot of action in this game. Um, my only issue with Bortles is he, he likes to throw the interceptions a lot. Uh, he, he was at the top last year with interceptions thrown, um, if not the top. Uh, so that does scare me, especially when you're playing DFS because you, you get the minuses. But other than that, he, he's still airing the ball out a lot, and he has a lot of weapons. Yep. Speaking of Bortles, I saw a very funny uh, meme on Twitter with Bortles, uh, you know, in the passing position. But rather than a football in his hand ready to throw, there was a duck. Um have you watched his games? He doesn't seem to be throwing the ball as well as he has in the past. No, absolutely not. I, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I doubt that there's an injury, but you just never know. Uh, maybe he's just not playing at 100%. I know a lot of guys don't really play at 100%, but maybe it's just something he can't kind of overcome right now. Gotcha. We're ready to move on, uh, Mr. Todd, to the next game, Packers-Lions, Yeah, right? why not? Oh, why not? So, uh, basically, the Packers, it was good to see them. They got a big win over the Lions. Uh, Packers are now 2-1. and one. It was 34-27. to 27. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the reports of his demise seem to be greatly exaggerated. Uh, had a really great performance this past week. Todd, what are your thoughts on the uh, team from Green Bay? Well, the the Lions haven't been a great defense so far, 
and the and Aaron Rodgers, he's no Drew Brees as it relates to home and away splits, but he does have some pretty significant home and away splits, and they were away the first two weeks and home the third. So we mentioned that in our pod last week. I think that when he is on the road, you're just going to have to be careful based on his salary. I don't know how you justify playing him on the road at, with such a high salary. Um, but, you know, I, I think that he's still Aaron Rodgers, and I'm not ready to put the death, uh, you know, the, the, the you know I, I thought it was too early to put the nails in his coffin, and he came out. He was my, uh, him and Flacco were my two most owned quarterbacks this week, and most of my lineups that cashed had that um, Rodgers to Jordy Nelson stack. No, awesome. And, yeah, you look at it, he had four touchdowns. He only completed 15 passes, so that was really impressive as well. Uh, moving on to the yeah, other the, side. Of the, the, the second half yeah. of that game, you know, they had the big lead, and they, they really seemed to not take too many chances. Yeah, absolutely. And it was good to see Lacey having a good uh, game for once, over 100 yards. He's still too fat. Oh, absolutely. And I wouldn't trust him with anything except a plate of food that you need to finish. But uh, for fantasy-wise, I'm staying away from him. Dude, I want to take this guy to one of those uh, – one of those like contests where you have like two friends and you have to eat X amount of pizza uh, within an hour. I definitely think Lacey would take you to the promised land. Yeah, it really is a shame because he is a very good running back. And, you know, for all the exercising he did, and I mean, he's a little slimmer than last year, but he, he really needs to lose another 15, 20 pounds, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And he just looks fatter when you put the pads on. Well, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> so moving on to the uh, Lions here, uh, Golden Tate hasn't really been playing too well. Uh, you seem to like your boy Marvin Jones. Why do you think the newer wide receiver in Jones has become Stafford's favorite target? Well, what position does Marvin Jones – whose position did Marvin Jones take? Um, if this is a trick question, I'm not good at this, but I, was, I would say Calvin Johnson. Correct. It was not a trick question. Um, he's playing the Calvin Johnson role. So, um, and, and Jones last year was coming off um, some terrible injuries, but he had shown when he was in Cincinnati before the injuries that he has a lot of upside. Now, if you told me that uh, Jones was going to outperform Tate, I wouldn't, you know, I had more Tate shares than Jones shares. Uh, but then in preseason, when I saw the way he was kind of laser beam focused on Jones, I did get uh, Jones in two of my five or six uh, redraft leagues for the year. So, um, I, I, you know, last week uh, Jonathan Bales tweeted out that he, uh, Tate was his number one contrarian wide receiver choice of the week. It didn't work out. I saw him get some hate on Twitter. But that's the whole point of a contrarian play is it's, it's a GPP contrarian play. And I think this week against the – horrendous Bears team, uh, I think that advice is just as good as it was when Jonathan gave it the week before. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. That Bears team really is atrocious. We'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, but going to the running back situation in Detroit with Amir Abdullah, he's out for the year. Uh, split between Riddick and Washington was about two-thirds to one-third. Uh, does this make Riddick a must-start each week and Washington a less-than-stellar choice to play each week? 
I don't think so. I think that, you know, the first week they gave the two-thirds to one-third, but Washington was more effective on running plays than Riddick was. I think that eventually Washington takes the full Abdul role, and Riddick is, you know, goes back to having five, six carries a game and getting his, you know, seven, eight, nine targets a game. So I, I really think that Washington's sneaky in DFS this week, again, against the bad Bears team um, with a lot of defensive linemen who were good against the run out. Um, I think Washington is extremely sneaky this week. And I think Riddick, as long as he's under $5,000 just based on his targets, is, you know, the, the, the running is gravy at that price. Um, I think just based on his pass volume, which I don't expect to go away. So long story short, uh, or longer, I forget how I did that. But uh, either way, I think both of them are people that you're going to want to consider in your lineups each week. Yeah, I agree with you. You look at Riddick, he's just a phenomenal force in the uh, receiving corpse right now. And aside from Marvin Jones, uh, Stafford really looks towards uh, Riddick a lot. So you definitely like that, especially with the PPR leagues. Um, And then the running game is kind of still iffy for me. And we'll go on to the next game. I agree with you. Uh, And that game is the Broncos kind of surprisingly going into Cincinnati and putting a 29-17 victory over the Bengals. There was a lot of talk going into that game about, uh, you know, uh, Trevor Simeon, his first road game. What can we expect? Um, I mean, his completion percentage wasn't great, but you have to love four touchdowns, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It took me a long time to get on this uh the train of the the Trevor Simeon um, QB is good, whatever, I don't even know. Uh, but like you said, four touchdowns, he just has the weapons right now, which is really good. Um, and when he's facing a, a defense that isn't the best, I know the Bengals are good. They just they haven't really performed too well this year. Um, I, I think with Sanders and Demarius Thomas there, uh, it's really only going to make Simeon better. Uh, obviously, I'm going to say it again, he's still young, only his third game, but uh, he's still kind of learning the position. And when you have two guys like that who could really help you along, that's definitely going to uh, boost you a little bit. And you look at their matchup this upcoming week against the Buccaneers, who their defense is uh, pretty bad. So I definitely think uh, Simeon's in play. I agree with you. The Bucks are much better also against the run than the pass which, you know, C.J. Anderson didn't have a great game last week. Um, and, you know, like I just mentioned, the Bucks are much better against the run. What do we make of C.J. Anderson this upcoming week and week-to-week in daily, in daily fantasy? Well, I'm not too sure. I mean, he started off strong, and now all of a sudden he just, Especially this game, looks like he seemed to lost it, but I think that's just because they're relying more on uh, Simeon right now. So I'm kind of in a wait-and-see kind of pattern uh, right now. I'm not sure if this upcoming game will be relatively close, so you never know. Maybe C.J. Anderson gets some uh, gets some time to run the ball when, when they're up big. Uh, but other than that, I'm just – I'm still in the wait-and-see approach, approach with him. Um, it's still early, 
in this entire year. So there's a lot of things that can happen. And I think uh, TJ Anderson, we still need to figure out what's going on with him, but jury's still out. Yeah. I, I, I look at him a lot like LaShawn McCoy though. I see him as a guy who's going to get the volume. <clears throat> uh, but, but the difference is that the uh, Broncos, as you mentioned, have two excellent wide receivers so some weeks are going to be more passing game and some weeks are going to be C.J. Anderson. And I think the both of them having each other makes the Broncos a, much, uh, a very dangerous team with that defense. Switching over to the Bengals, um, you know, The you know the Broncos actually um, you know their defense they didn't have a defensive touchdown, but with Jameis Winston coming up, are they pri- uh, a prime spot to succeed? Yeah, absolutely. You look at Winston; and he uh, he gives up a ton of interceptions as well. He's still in his second year, and I think the uh, Broncos are really just primed to have a uh, a really good game here. I don't know if uh, you have to go a different route with a different position um, to make the uh, Broncos fit. But I I definitely think they're kind of worth it in this matchup here. Um, So not much really to talk about the Bengals. They were kind of lackluster except for uh, you had Hill out of the uh, backfield. Yeah. So, I mean, it's okay. Uh, We're going to move on to the next game. Big game for Jeremy Hill. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, and I think right. A.J. Green will get there, too. So, moving on to the next game, a um, little bit of a surprise. The Vikings uh, scored 22 points against the Panthers, who only scored 10. Um, so, basically, a uh, huge victory for the Vikings on the road. How much of a threat are they to uh, get to the Super Bowl? Well, I think that whenever you've got a defense that's playing as dominant as they are, um, you've got a chance to go a long way. The question going into the season was, is Teddy Bridgewater enough of a threat to keep defenses honest? Um, I took a lot of heat on Twitter for saying that I thought Sam Bradford was an upgrade, not only of Sean Hill, but of uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, uh, in a tough road game, he played okay. Um, He's only been with the team two weeks. I think that he is going to continue to play well and do enough to to, to help the Broncos. I mean, the uh, Vikings, I think that they are right now the best team in that division, and that's saying a lot because the Packers are in that division. Absolutely. That, uh, that is going to be very interesting down the stretch to see. Vikings have that small lead now. Um, again, it's only three weeks into it, so there's a lot of left of football to play. Uh what are your thoughts on Stefan Diggs? He had a pretty slow week after he went off in week two, uh, won somewhere in the DFS community uh, that everyone basically all knows, a uh, million bucks. What do we make of him? Well, I love Stefan Diggs. We talked about him last week. He's my guy. I own more Diggs shares. I just thought his value in, in, in the rounds he was being drafted in this year was just ridiculous. Um, I have him in a lot of redraft leagues, a ton of MFL 10s. He has the ability to just get open. And, you know, is he on the level of an Antonio Brown or a Beckham? 
you know, Mike Evans. No, not not yet. But I think when this, you know, when we're doing, you know, off-season drafting next year, uh, I, I think he's the second to third round pick instead of the eighth round pick that he was this year. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the same position um, on the other side of the ball, Kelvin Benjamin put up a goose egg uh, this past week for DFS after having two really strong, strong uh, outings. Uh, what are your thoughts on not only him, but uh, Cam Newton's poor performance this past week? My my thought is woe to the Falcons, you know, um, because they're going to go, even though, you know, I prefer in a lot of situations to take a home quarterback. Um, and, the you know, I, the, you know, I just think that, uh, that Vikings defense deserves the credit. And, you know, I always say this about Cam Newton. When things are going well, Cam is the best quarterback on the planet. When there's some adversity, Cam doesn't have the level of intestinal fortitude that you see in the other great quarterbacks like uh, Tom Brady or what you, you know, guys like that, Russell Wilson. So, you know, he's, he's a bit of a good time guy, but, I don't think there's many defenses out there like the Vikings. I expect them to have a huge bounce back this week. Yeah, we'll absolutely go on agree to with the, you. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, all right, so we'll no, head on to the good. next game. Um, the Redskins defeated my Giants 29-27. to Very disappointing game. Um, the Giants really handed this game over literally with some bad interceptions by Eli. But Kirk Cousins had a decent game after looking terrible in the in the first two. Did you like that? Do you like that? Um, I did. I mean, it's going to take me a little while to get really back on the uh, Cousins train. But I don't know. I have a matchup against the Browns. You kind of almost got to like uh, almost everyone on the uh, opposing offense. So I think Cousins is in play this week. After that, though, it's definitely just going to be matchup dependent for me. Yeah, and from what I'm hearing so far, a lot of really smart people are calling Kirk the best quarterback this week. My initial reaction is no. And, you know, the fact that a lot of smart people think yes makes me all the more not want to take him. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but if all the smart guys are on him and I'm not really on him, it means that his ownership's going to be pretty high, and I just think that there's other places that we can go in DFS this week. And to me, if Cousins is going to end up with you know 10 to 15 percent ownership, um, that takes away from the two guys that I think should have the highest ownership in Cam Newton and Philip Rivers. So um, you know they're entitled to him. So the Giants' wideouts are still getting the ball a lot, and it looks like Eli is happy with his weapons this season. Is there any real way, Nick, do you think, to figure out which one will have a big game? And what do we make of Odell Beckham um, and his performance so far? Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely no way. Your best luck is to kind of just have a little dartboard and throw it against it. Um, Obviously, ODB Jr., uh, he clearly gets the most targets. He'll most likely get the most yards, unless one of them has a, a huge uh, catch uh, further down the field. But, yeah, to me, he's, he's the number one. It, it's hard to figure out who's going to get those touchdowns, though. 
Um, so far, Shepard's looked good. And even Victor Cruz, uh, just he was efficient. Three, three targets, three catches, 70 yards. Uh, if he got more, then you're going to be very happy with him. But just the fact that he only got three catches, it's kind of eh, so-so. But looking at Eli, he just – he has a lot of guys he can throw to now. Um, hurts a little bit, Shane Vereen out, but it definitely uh, makes Eli uh, somewhat in play. Definitely not recommending at all against the Vikings. Um, like we already went over, their defense is so good. But I think in future weeks, they're definitely some uh, someone to think about. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, the big difference so far is that Odell's not getting the touchdowns that he normally gets. I do expect some regression to the mean, and I, 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 I agree. This isn't the week where I'm going to load up on Odell, uh, but if he has another weak performance and maybe Shepard catches another touchdown the following week, I'll be looking at Odell again. He's got the ninth most targets in the league, so he's still getting a lot of targets, even with the Giants being in pretty good game script so far this year, not playing from behind. And um, having all those weapons, he's still got the ninth most targets in the league. So um, I, I, I think that Odell certainly is a guy who is uh, still viable. But I took a huge hit with Shane Vereen going out. He was one of my most owned running backs that I had real cheap. Darqua has to be one of the best values on this upcoming DFA DFS slate, do you think? Or do you think that they're going to mix in Bobby Rainey and that they'll mix in, you know, uh, another running back, Paul Perkins, who's a rookie they like? Um, so what, what's your take on Darkwa for DFS this week? Yeah, it's tough to say. Um, hopefully there will be more information leading up to the game about uh, if Orleans Darkwa will have uh, the lion's share of the carries. But right now, it's kind of on the fence. I definitely uh, like him going forward. I don't know. I think he's a sneaky play against the Vikings, so I definitely could utilize him here, get pretty low ownership, and he was pretty efficient last week, so I definitely don't mind uh, playing him here. Obviously, it's a little bit of a risk against this Vikings defense, but other than that, going forward, I definitely think he's someone you have to keep an eye on. Todd, we're making good progress here, so I'm just going to keep on going. Uh, we got the Rams scored 37 points over the Bucks last week, who only scored 32. Um, what are your thoughts, Todd Gurley? The truthers came out in full force lately. Uh, can we trust him to pay off his high price each week in DFS? Absolutely not. And I'm I'm about as much of a Todd Gurley truther as anyone else, but th- th- it's just you know, it's he's so touchdown dependent and them getting into the red zone dependent, and I just don't think he can trust that each week. Yeah, absolutely. I know there's a lot of talk. Um, a lot of people looked into Jeff Fisher and how he utilized running backs even while uh, he was down, especially last year, and Gurley kind of seemed like he was fine, but he, I think, and I kind of agree with you, he's, he's kind of uh, turned it around and he kind of needs that touchdown now. Well, he, because the OL's so bad, he's not getting the big breakout runs that we kind of thought he would get and he, that he did get in year one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how bad is it that uh, golf can't beat out Keenum, and how embarrassing is it for the Rams uh, now that Wentz still is playing so well? 
Um, it's very bad that he can't beat out Case Keenum. I think the best quarterback on that team right now is Sean Mannion, and I think it would be even more embarrassing for them to skip Goff and, and make uh, Mannion the starter. I mean, Case Keenum is, you know, he's just not an, a starting NFL quarterback. He's a decent backup um, and embarrassing. I mean, it, on the level of 1 to 10, it's like a 50. I mean, you pass, you trade all that draft capital to get a quarterback who's sitting on your bench behind Case Keenum while Carson Wentz is setting the league on fire. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, like, uh, it's like the nightmare scenario for every Rams fan, and it's hard to believe that it's playing out this way. Yeah, it's one way to start off uh, your resumed career in Los Angeles. It's really uh, kind of disappointing, but hey, who knows? They're still atop uh, the West right now, two and one. Uh, let's move on to the Bucks, though. Had the home game and they lost it. Uh, Charles Sims was heavily owned in fantasy. Did you have much of him, Todd? And if not, please tell me why. Well, I didn't, and it's because I just don't think he's that good of a running back. Now, anyone who really follows some of the smart logic that goes on in daily fantasy realizes that the running back position, it's about opportunity and salary. Um, even ownership isn't as important. But he, with a guy who was scheduled to get 20 to 25% ownership and ended up getting it, um, if you don't think he's very good, and there's other options at that price point, which there was, I think I've had him in two out of like 50 lineups, uh, you know, kind of that just in case. But I, I, I just don't think he's that good of a running back. And if I have other options and he's going to be high-owned, I'm going to pass. Um, he's, he put up a decent performance, but nothing that took you away from the field. I think this week with the Broncos in town, I, I'm more interested in him because I expect him to have a very low um, ownership because of the Broncos. But so far this year, the Broncos have been able to have been run on, and he also can catch passes. So I think he's pretty sneaky this week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike Evans, we've all kind of been waiting for this, but he's finally getting a, a decent amount of targets here, 14 in this past game, and Winston just threw the ball enormous uh, in this past game. But what do you make of Mike Evans here? And if you could go back to drafting, where would you draft Evans? Well, you know, Mike Evans is getting more targets than, Led, than Eddie Lacy is getting trips to the buffet. I mean, he is just getting a sick amount of targets, um, and he's playing with confidence. Last year, he had a lot of drops. It seemed to get into his head. Not this year. He's playing extremely well. In my head, he was that second-round wide receiver most likely to be a first-round wide receiver this year. And if I was drafting tomorrow in a league, I mean, you've got to put him in the top five. Yeah, absolutely. I think last year, too, still coming off that injury, trying to figure out what Jameson Winston can and can't do um, really affected him. But now I think he's ready to go. Yep, I agree. And I think he is a uh, 
a guy that I'm interested in this week despite the tough matchup. So the Seahawks finally showed up. Their offense finally showed up. They blew out the Niners. It was good to see the Seahawks actually score more than a measly 15 points. Christine Michael was really, you know, just playing, continued his really strong play. But do you see him as a pretty solid option of the, against the Jets? I think so. I, I think the Jets have shown that they're really not uh, as tough as a defense as as years past. Obviously, um, a year older for Revis in the backfield uh, doesn't really help. But even though they are able to, to hold the running backs somewhat decent, um, I, I still think Christine Michaels is in a good spot as long as he gets the carries. Uh, had 20 carries last game, and and the two touchdowns really helped him. Uh, Obviously, you can't count on that, but if he's getting another about five yards per carry, uh, 20 carries minimum, I, I think you got to go with him. Yeah, I don't like the spot as much as you do this week. I'll, I'll respectfully disagree. I think that the Jets still are pretty good against the run, and with Russell Wilson banged up and now a knee to go with the other ankle, um, we might see Trevor Boykin. If that happens, uh, I, I think that's trouble for Michael. And I just think that, you know, with his salary going up a little bit more, uh, he's a guy I'm off on. I'm, I'm, I like, but that I'm off this week. Um, the 49ers are on a two-game road losing streak. Uh, Blaine Gabbert is, you know, for lack of a better term, playing like Blaine Gabbert. Um, is he an option at all, or do you think we're getting pretty close to seeing Colin Kaepernick get his chance? Um, yeah, I think Blaine Gabbard is a, a wash right now. He's just been really awful. Uh, I don't know what the situation is with uh, our friend Colin, uh, but I guess we're in a wait-and-see approach. To me, the San Francisco offense just really isn't an, an, an option at all. You look at the wide receivers, Gabbert can't get him to anyone. Um, possibly if he keeps playing this way, I guess Colin Kaepernick would be in line to uh, be the next QB, but I'm just unsure of what uh, what goes on in Chip Kelly's head. Uh, speaking about the uh, San do you know, do you, yep. do you know Colin Kaepernick's favorite play from scrimmage? I don't even want to get involved in this conversation because it's going to be a joke, and I, and I, I don't know. Well, it's taking a knee. Oh, so, so the kneel play, right? <laughs> he, he, you know, that's his favorite play. He does that, but even but he likes it so much, he does it before the game. But uh, on to more serious, on to more serious matters. Outside of Carlos Hyde, can you rely on anyone for the Forty ers no, no. It's just to me. It's just Carlos Hyde. Uh, as long as he sees the carries, which I think against the Cowboys, he he should. I think the Cowboys um, probably will hand the Forty ers uh, pretty easily to him. So I think maybe Carlos Hyde will get some uh, garbage time running when they just kind of gave give up and they really don't care too much and just give the ball to him. So I, I think he's a decent option here. Uh, Moving on to the next game, we had the Chiefs really uh, blasted uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. They had six interceptions, beat the Jets pretty handedly, uh, three touchdowns. 
Really don't know what's going on with uh, Mr. Fitzpatrick over here. What are your thoughts about this QB who threw six interceptions in one game? Well, I, you know, a, a normal quarterback who throws even three or four interceptions in a game, you have to worry about his head. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is like the, you know, Brett Favre without the cannon for an arm. He just has no conscience. I mean, he's had these horrible games in the past, and they don't seem to affect him going forward. Um, I think that this isn't the best spot for him against the Seahawks. But I, I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick, his makeup is, you know, such that he's just going to come out and start winging it again next week. So what you're saying is he's a sneaky GPP play against the Seahawks this week. Well, he's a little too sneaky for me um, against that secondary. But you know what? I mean, what, crazier things have happened, but I, I, if I, I, I find especially, again, with three wide receivers – even though Decker looks to be out, Marshall's banged up. If I was going to throw out a lineup with him, I would probably uh, do one with Quincy Anua. He is uh, a red zone threat, and the Seahawks are more susceptible in the slot where Anua plays. If I was going to throw out one Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Seahawks lineup this week, it would be with Quincy Anua. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, a lot of talk about the Chiefs running back situation in week one, where it was a lovely play for everyone who played them. Week two was so-so. Week three was kind of a mixed basket. What are your thoughts about the Chiefs running back situation? Well, it looks like uh, we're still not ready to see Jamal Charles. Um, Sharkandrick West also is dinged up. So I really think that Ware is very, very sneaky, and I think that I will own some uh, Ware this week. So we go on to the the next game, the Colts and the Chargers. This was a lot of fun, this game to watch. It wasn't quite as explosive as maybe we hoped, even though there was 48 points. Um they're going all the way across the pond. Do the Colts get a win next week to go 2-2 two and two to start the season? Does Andrew Luck continue to throw a bunch of yards in a matchup against the Jags? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, we look at the Jaguars, and like we spoke about earlier, uh, we were hoping they'd show us a little bit more this year, but they just haven't. And, and I think the Colts, uh, Luck has a little bit of confidence now being able to put up uh, over 330 yards. So I, I think even though it is going to be a road game, it should be an easy road game. And uh, I, I just like the uh, – I like luck back into everything. Uh, it, it's kind of disappointing when he doesn't do much, but now T.Y. Hilton is doing a lot of good things. Uh, I think you kind of got to go with him. Yeah, I mean, Hilton was amazing. He torched Jason Verrett. It's funny that Jason Verrett, being such a small cornerback, was able to shut down the larger Allen Robinson, and he shut down other big guys. But a little guy, his size gave him a ton of trouble. No touchdowns, though, for Phillip Rivers. How do we look at this, though, against the Saints? I mean, everyone was on Rivers, on the road against the Colts, who were all banged up. 
Now he gets another uh, really easy matchup on paper. It's a home game for the Chargers. Does that give them an edge over the Saints, who really do not do much typically on the road? Yeah, absolutely. I think that definitely is a boost for him. Um, you look at Rivers' two road games this year, and he was kind of so-so. First game, he only had one touchdown, but the uh, uh, second game against the Jaguars, he had four at home. So I definitely think he rebounds here. That Saints defense isn't really uh, too good. So I think Rivers kind of has a, a, a pretty good game here. Um I know there's a lot of hype a couple of weeks ago about the uh, Saints and Giants game, and I, I think there still will be some hype against the Chargers and uh, Saints here. Yep. Um, Melvin Gordon, again, one of these really high-owned guys, and he's going to be really high-owned again. I mean, he certainly got the volume, but he really didn't have the best game uh, for NFL, but for fantasy he did well. Um, what 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 do you give his outlook at as it relates to next week? Well, I think he clearly is going to be the number one guy in the running game. Danny Woodhead would steal a few carries here or there, but now Woodhead's out. I think it's all on Melvin Gordon's shoulders. So um, I don't really know if he's going to see a lot of time because this might be a uh, an aired out kind of game, uh, but. Uh, going forward, I, I think Gordon definitely is. Uh, he's got to be in the mix a lot for. He's got to be in the mix a lot for uh, for running back situation, especially since he gets the ball a lot uh, down low near the red zone. So you definitely got to like that. The one caveat I'll throw out there for everyone to think about out there who might be listening is that they signed Dester McClusker to kind of do the Danny Woodhead role. Uh, no way I see him getting the Danny Woodhead full role. But in the, his second week uh, with the team, I wouldn't be shocked if he had more uh, visibility in the passing game than he did in week one. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Uh, Gordon did have four catches this past week and seven targets. But once you throw someone else into the mix, taking over that Woodhead role might kind of diminish him here. Um, down to the last few games, Todd, we've been going pretty quickly, almost on the hour mark, so I'm just going to shut up and keep going. Uh, Eagles destroyed Steelers, you could really say, 34-3. to um, Eagles now 3-0, they're playing well. You really like Wentz, uh, his rating of 103 so far. How viable is he for season-long and DFS purposes? Well, I think a lot of the credit has to go to Doug Pedersen and his coaching staff and to Carson Wentz. The guy's playing amazing. He's playing, you know, error-free football, which is just ridiculous for a rookie. Um, His salary hasn't gone up that much yet. Um, He doesn't have the best targets in the world, but he is playing so well. Um, I think every week he is someone that now needs to be considered um, he also has a pretty good floor because he can run the ball a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's um, going forward, he definitely has to be in the conversational, especially if his price tag stays kind of where it is. Uh, but this Eagles defense, it wasn't supposed to be that good. All of a sudden, uh, only allowed three points. Is this for real? And if so, why do you think that? Well, I, I know that um... – They always had a lot of talent, but they were on the field too much with Chip Kelly being the head coach and playing that fast-paced offense. 
So I think, yes, I do think they're for real. They improved their secondary, uh, especially at the safety position. Uh, Their cornerbacks aren't the best, but they're playing well, and that front seven is really good and really deep. So I think they are good. I think they're showing it because they're more rested, playing in a more traditional uh, game script than they did last year. I mean, they're on the field a good 20 to 30 plays less than they were the year before. Um, If that defense is out there still in your fantasy league or if someone drops them because they're on bye this week, I definitely would be looking to pick up that Eagles defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They can do a lot of things. Even last year with Trip Kelly there, uh, that secondary had a lot of takeaways, even though – you could kind of uh, throw the ball against them and score a lot against them. Uh, at, at times, they were pretty good. So that's definitely keep an eye on. Uh, horrible game for the Steelers. Uh, there's really not many other words to uh, say what happened. Uh, do you think they bounced back this week, even though it is a tough game against the Chiefs? I think so. I think uh, we've talked about other teams that have – uh, big road versus home splits. Ben is another one of the quarterbacks who has a much better um, career average when he is playing at home. Um, they get Le'Veon Bell back. Um, I, I really think that um, the Chiefs are just the opposite. They tend to play better defense at home. Now they're going to the road. I think a Ben Le'Veon Brown stack is definitely kind of, I won't say sneaky, uh, whenever you've got uh, a guy is, who's going to be in as many lineups as Brown, it's not really sneaky. But uh, my only question is, last everyone assumes what happened last year where Bell came back and D'Angelo Williams never moved from the bench and Bell got all his normal volume. Everyone is that I've heard so far is, saying, well, yeah, well, Bell's going to get all the volume. Uh, I do put a warning out there. I'm not going to put too many eggs in the Le'Veon Bell basket. Um, Now that he's had another year of injury, they might want to limit his snaps a little more than they did last year. So first week back, I'm just not ready to go all in on Bell, but I'm sure I'll have him in a few lineups. No, I definitely um, could see that there. Okay, good. Yeah, no, I I, I think you're right, and uh, sorry for cutting you off there. Uh, We move on to the next game, and it is the Cowgirls defeating the Cow Bears. I didn't say that right. The joke did not come off. Wait, hold on. I need to do something. I need to uh, do this to myself. Much better. All right, so, um, yeah, the Cowboys... Um, played really, really good. Um, the Bears, you know, Brian Hoyer threw the ball nearly 50 times. Uh, there is some talk of Jay Cutler coming back this week, but if Cutler doesn't come back, do you think Brian Hoyer is worth a flyer against the Lions this upcoming week, Nick? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hoyer was pretty impressive. Um not much going on for the running game, so he had to throw. And uh, two touchdowns is pretty good, 317 yards. I definitely don't mind that. The Cowboys' defense isn't the best, but uh, Ho- Hoyer just kind of did what he did. Um, he really hasn't excelled too much in his career, but 
to me, he's always sort of been solid whenever he's given the opportunity. Um, he will have some bad games here or there. Uh, not a huge fan of the matchup with the Lions, but I definitely think he could kind of uh, really take advantage of the weak uh, defenders uh, in the secondary. Uh, as for Jay Cutler, even if he is healthy, I'm not sure at this point why they would play him. <laughs> well, they're paying him a ton of money. Um, as far as Hoyer goes, um, Josh Gordon's big year, some people might not remember Hoyer was the quarterback. Um, DeAndre Hopkins last year, his big year, Brian Hoyer was the quarterback. So uh, Hoyer has proven that he can support a number one wide receiver, uh, even though he himself isn't the most efficient. So to answer my own question that I gave you against the bad line secondary, I think Hoyer is extremely um, uh, a good, you know, dart GPP guy. Um, we're going to see a changing of the guard at running back. It looks like Jeremy Langford was carted off and is in a walking boot. Howard definitely looked better. Um, do you see Howard more as a GPP play at his salary? Um, or, you know, and would you, based on, you know, again, him probably having pretty high ownership? And then also, um, if you like him that much, would you play him in cash? Yeah, I think it's tough to do um, with injury for Langford. Obviously, number one running back is going to be Howard right now. Uh, I just I didn't see much out of him. Obviously, Dallas was up by a lot. Uh, this Lions game should be a little bit closer, so I think they're going to give him a, a lot more than uh, the nine, 12 total carries that they ran last week. So I definitely don't mind him. GPPs, he, he's good, but I cannot trust him in cash, even at his price tag. Gotcha. Um, makes sense. Makes sense. Um, on to the Cowboys. Boy, Dak played well, didn't he? Absolutely. Both young guys, Dak and Elliot. Yeah, speaking of Elliot, um, he looked, you know, against a pretty weak 49ers defense, um, I've heard some people say that he's a must play. What's your take on it? Um, I don't like saying there's must plays ever in DFS because you always have uh, variables, but I think he definitely has to be up there in consideration. Uh, you just looked at his performance, and there's a good chance Cowboys kind of run away with this game up by a lot earlier, and, and who knows, they might just run it uh, with Elliott. Uh, again, he's a young guy. He saw 30 carries uh, this past one, so to be honest, I, I think he could easily see another 20-25 carries, and, and the Cowboys wouldn't even uh, think twice about doing that. Uh, Todd made it to the final game today. Uh, well, uh, Falcons... I want to say one. Oh, you I want to say one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to say something on Ezekiel Elliott before. We I just wanted to cut you off like you do me, so we're even. Now. Excellent, excellent. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I find I, I find no problem with that. So, um, you know, I just think that they've been giving the red zone looks to other backs. And I think maybe because of how much it's been mentioned that, you know, psychologically he might get a couple this week. So I do think he's a very good play this week. All righty. That was great. Great stuff, Todd. Thank you. Did you want to mention Alfred Morris maybe being uh, in play to try to get a cheap touchdown? Or do you think well, both I, guys I are not worth can... it? There's You're not so going to make a bold other... statement? 
No, there's so many cheap <laughs> running backs this week. Um, I, I, I will tell you if you want to highlight what you're going to hear out of me when I do the show with the Mauler later in the week. Uh, right now, uh, Carlos Hyde, at, I think it's 4200 and Crowell right in that same price point. I think they're going to be the foundation of a lot of my lineups this week. No, I agree with you. It's just a shame, though, because Alfred Morris has so much potential, in my opinion, but he's really floundered his opportunity. And if he stays in Dallas, I don't think he'll ever have an opportunity again. Uh, he, he's uh, going to need Zeke to get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. And, and running then, backs and always then I, do that. And then, I'll, and then I'll have all the Morris the first week. Alrighty. Final game here. We have uh, the Falcons beat the Saints um, in New Orleans, 45-32. to 32. Uh, Some people didn't watch this game. Some people were watching uh, some other things on Monday night. But who did watch it? Um, thank you, guys. And now we can talk about it. Uh, basically, Julio Jones uh, kind of been the most disappointing uh, wide receiver, maybe uh, all of uh, – all the offensive positions in fantasy this year. What are your thoughts about Mr. Julio? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're if you're doing an all disappointing team, Julio and Gronk have to be at the top of the list. Both of them have been dinged up though, and I think Julio certainly um, is, is you know I don't think his talent's gone anywhere. But, you know, if you picked him in the top three, uh, you're you're not feeling too good about life and your fantasy team probably right now. Yeah, absolutely. You're definitely licking your wounds uh, if he's your top wide receiver right now. Uh, Moving on to the Falcons running back situation. Uh, What are your thoughts on and how do you think uh, it will play out from here? I always feel like this is a question we've had every single week. Well, unfortunately, it's a full running back by committee, um, and Coleman seems to be, you know, Freeman seems to be getting a little more work, but Coleman's getting, surprisingly, the goal line and a a, a little bit more of the passing game work. I think there's a couple ways you can play this. You can pick one, and it's difficult, but I think in good matchups, if you own both, I think you can play both. You know, they, if, you, if you played Freeman last week, you were happy. If you played Coleman last week, you were happy. I think that, you know, hopefully you've got better options on your fantasy team. Um, but I think that one or both of them, certainly, especially as we head to buys, can be uh, reasonable plays each week. No, absolutely. I definitely agree with you. It, all, it always seems like that's how it is. One week, one guy has it. Next week, the next guy does. And it's frustrating if you're trying to play both those guys. Uh, let's kick it now to the Saints. You must be happy. Colby Fleener uh, kind of came alive in this game. Um, definitely delightful to, I'm sure, you um, and a lot of other people who are drafting him in the sixth round. You you Can must we, uh, have me mistaken for someone else because I owned almost no Kobe Fleener. I no. I was saying, yeah, no. I I think I had two or three shares out of 114 MFL tens, um, and I don't own. And I am drunk. My apologies. <laughs> it, it 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 happens to the best of us. Um, I you know I I I can't deal with the salon quality hair. And that goofy look that he has on his face, no, that's not why I play him. I, I don't play him because he drops the ball too often. 
and he had a big week and and good for the truthers and you know no one ever doubted he had the talent my big complaint about him was that he was being drafted too early in the sixth round and i said look what what was he in indianapolis he was an inconsistent tight end and he would have huge weeks followed by weeks where he didn't do anything so what's he been so far this year a good guy last week followed you know you know, with two horrible weeks the week before. So, you know, I, I think that's who Kobe Fleener is. And, you know, if I was drafting him in a best ball league in the ninth, tenth round, I'd be thrilled because he has those big weeks. But in a uh, redraft league or for DFS, um, you know, to me with DFS, it, you know, I keep hearing he's going to be highly owned this week. I don't want him when he's highly owned because he's too likely to bust. I want him on weeks like last week when no one wants him. That's when you play Kobe Fleener, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I will never mix that up again. Anti-Kobe Fleener on your end. My apologies, Todd. It, it, it's okay. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm easy, man. We, we Mistakes happen. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, I think i got uh going to finish it up here. What do we do? Is very broad. What do we do with the Saints uh, in fantasy in San Diego this weekend? Typically not a uh, good road team or not as good as uh, a home team. I, I think that most of the people that I've heard so far are on Ingram. I'm almost never on Ingram. I, I, I mean, he's just one of those guys that, I, I, you know, for his salary, I just always like someone else better for DFS. I either want to go higher or lower. And, you know, three, four times a year he's going to go off and I'm going to feel a little sad. But then I'll remember that I didn't roster him the 12 weeks where he really didn't pay off his salary. So, you know, that's kind of my take on, uh, you know, on them. I I, I think that um, I thought Phillip Rivers was going to be the chalk this week against that Saints defense. I'm hearing a lot to the contrary. So as we move forward this week, it's going to be interesting to see and uh, Nick, another successful episode, I'd say. And uh, we hey, didn't get, we didn't it get in... cut off in 15 minutes. Yeah, I didn't screw up the setup. That was kind of which, uh, which is good. I I, I almost did. I, you know, I, it's funny you mention that because I was about to hit the button to set it, and I noticed that it was set up for 9 a.m. instead of 9 p.m. And I was like, oh, thank goodness I caught that. Nick would never let me hear the end of it. No, nah, it was fun though. We should do 9 a.m. Oh yeah, that would be great. Um, I, I don't know well, how that would work, but we should do it. I mean, I, I I sometimes could do that. You know, on days when I'm in the office, I could take an hour and do it. And well, speaking of an I, hour, I could do it on Thursdays. But then it wouldn't be Tuesdays with Tasso or Wednesday, or the day after yeah. Tuesday with Tasso. Who knows? We could just do some wild things going forward. It's all up to us. Oh, it is. And, you know, one thing that I kind of wanted, was thinking about doing for a Thursday or Friday podcast was more of a, you know, rather than reviewing the games, just kind of going through the, the you know, the, what the, the chalk plays of the week and kind of saying, all right, is this guy a cash game chalk, a GPP chalk, or a cash game chalk and a GPP fade? Um, and then kind of if he's a GPP fade, who are the guys who you you, uh, you pivot to? 
So, uh, you know, I'm thinking about doing a, a later week pod. And then, of course, anyone who listens, um, we do the um, the show with the mauler where we build a lineup on a Friday or Saturday. I did neglect to mention, though, that uh, we are sponsored by Daily Roto Sharks. Daily Roto Sharks is a great new website. They sell sheets that give you a ton of information. So if you don't have a, t- a ton of time, to study, go to dailyrotosharks.com. The pricing is very reasonable. And if you're a mens- um, someone who is a subscriber to those sheets, they also have a chat, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, a, a nice community. It's, I'm the only old guy. I mean, all the guys there are really young, so uh, it's a lot of fun, and I highly recommend it. It's dailyrotosharks.com. Um, Nick, the inefficient two on Twitter. Thank you for joining me again, and uh, I'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye, so, uh, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we kind of finished things off in the slow lane right there. No worries. We're going to leave you with the song from the Eagles, Life in the Fast Lane. Take care, everyone. See you next week.